This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr. And today we're going to talk weddings, not mine, but we're going to talk about weddings with Carrie Baldwin from Door County Event Planners, probably the senior wedding planner in Door County, the, the dean of wedding planners, if you will. Carrie, thanks for hopping in the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Don't know if I want to be called a senior. <laughs> okay. I the, mean, uh, it has been 25 years, Miles. The experience. But, the, I, I knew, yeah. As soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, she's going to get me on that. <laughs> um, so for the listeners, you might want to just uh, turn down the volume on your your listening device right now just to modulate Carrie here and maybe make sure no small kids are around. No, uh, <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> no, I, Carrie, I want to talk to you about this because I think, you know, just a little of my background, when I first heard you were going to be doing wedding planning because I had met you when we were both like bartending and working in the service industry. And I was like, how is there a, a world for a wedding planner? How is that a business here? Like, why do people come and do weddings in Door County? Because that classic undersell your own hometown kind of feeling. So I wanted to like start by going into your origin story. Like you said, you've been doing this for 25 years, but how did you one day decide, I'm going to start planning weddings, planning events, and why would you ever want to do it? <laughs> exactly. If I could go back in time. You know, it's funny that you say that, Miles, because every single person basically said the same thing to me when I said, I'm going to start a wedding planning business and do event planning. And people just kind of looked at me like, why? What What does that even mean? What does that entail? And how I started was I actually graduated from University of Wisconsin Stout. And I'm not going to date myself. So do I say the year? Or not? <laughs> you know, no, you're, you're just saying. In 1996. <laughs> and I came up to Door County after graduation and worked in a couple of restaurants. I actually couldn't find a job, which nowadays... Wow. <laughs> was, was, I, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then I started working for a management company overseeing some different properties and they would have groups come in and the person that I worked with suddenly decided to to fizzle down and not do anything anymore. So I took out a loan for $6,000 and I bought a computer and had... 3W Design do a website for me. And keep in mind, when I graduated from college, we didn't have the internet yet. It was just coming out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get out of here. I got to graduate. This is scary. So I started the business based on that, that I had done small events for corporate groups, okay. getting up at five in the morning, running to Main Street Market, getting the orange juice and the coffee and the muffins and going and setting up the meeting that I just, I'm a really driven person. And I also believe that the success of yourself, you're the only person that can make it or break it. You've never really struck me as a driven person. That's kind of weird <laughs> to hear you say that. <laughs> well, and in doing that, you know, when I started this and a lot of people just kind of shook their head, I knew that I needed to get the respect from the community because I was new in town and I wanted to make sure that the community knew that I respected this community. I wasn't looking at doing anything outside of local. And that's really 
I think where I started to get that respect from from photographers and from different resorts and lodging and venues and things like that. And it just kind of evolved. I mean, I waited tables for the first five years in order until one day I was like, I think I can do this. (laughs) You talk about getting that respect, building that respect. How do you build that respect? Like for an event planner or wedding planner, one of the big attributes is can you get people to do things for you? And can you get them to do them for you on time? And that means building those relationships. How did you build that up getting started? Because I was always willing to help. I was mm-hmm. always, and I still am. If somebody's running late, the florist is running late, like I'm going to bring a team in and say, we need you guys, we need to grab these buckets. We need to bring these in. We need to do this. Respect again, it's earned. And it's something that, especially in our local community, the other big key factor is that I don't, plan anything outside of Door County. So Mm. I'm not a traveling wedding planner. And I have personal conversations with AJ, the owner of the trolley company, personal conversations with Blake Shar about catering or Tonda and Carl at time for catering. Like these are also my friends and my peers and people in this community that the mutual respect in there and I never go against them, I guess would be Mm. more of the, I, I don't know if there's a correct answer to that, but it's, Door County is a different, we're a different breed up here and it's not a city and it's not, people want to come up here for weddings because they want it to be a full weekend. Mm-hmm. Where do you really go where there's no stoplights, where there's no fast food? <laughs> you don't, you don't find that. You don't find the calmness that we have here. When you start this business, you mentioned like taking out a $6,000 loan and it's, that struck me too. Just, I'm thinking of some of the the small bad businesses that my brother and I started early on and stuff. And (laughs) you're literally doing it with like 10,000 and that seems so huge and so almost insurmountable. And it's so hard to get when you're getting started as a business, it's hard to get the thousand dollars that you need. And then once you build a business, the banks are like, Oh, here, what do you you need money here? Take some money, pay us for money (laughs) kind of thing. But when you're getting started, like that first jump is so big. It was a huge jump, but I guess the difference was, is all I had to worry about was me. Yeah. And so I know that I'm a worker. I know I could wait tables. I knew I could scrub toilets. I could do whatever I needed to do. And if this were to work, great. Now, did I think that sitting here 25 years later, I'd be talking about this? Absolutely not. No, (laughs) absolutely not. But I love it and the drive for it. And I love our community. And I love that people get to come up here and celebrate such a special time for them and their families. And utilizing what is in this community and the kind and wonderful people. I mean, there's a strong core of people. And like you had asked earlier, like, how did you get this respect? It's fun. I want humor. I need humor. Like things happen at a wedding. Did anyone get hurt? Nope. No one got hurt. Okay. Well, we can figure this out. Yeah. Like, and that's really, I think why I have the respect from the locals is they know that I will always have their back and I don't ask them to do something that is completely outside of what was requested for them. And we'll come back to that in a little bit, but I want to talk about those first couple of years doing this. Did it just take off right away? Did you find, like, how many weddings would you be doing those first couple of years when you started this? I think, you know, I could even look back. I think I have an Excel spreadsheet because I still run the business on an Excel spreadsheet. Let's be real. God bless my accountant. I think that the first year I had like five weddings and a lot of it then was word of mouth was people heard what I was doing. And so then I'd get the phone calls and I remember being so excited when I'd get a phone call or an email and to talk to people and 
explain to them what I was doing. I still remember the first client that I had, and it was a wedding at Inn at Christopher's. And I remember it down to how the table numbers were and how they had photos of everybody. Like, I remember all the details of that wedding. And I think that's what really gave me the drive was the people and how they respected Door County and they respected me as an individual. I remember, too, the first year being, like, all dressed up in my high heels <laughs> and hauling a trailer with chairs in it and going and, like, setting up chairs at the Ellison Bay Women's Club. And I was like, I am doing this all wrong. Why am I dressed in high heels right now? This wedding isn't for six hours. But I did all of that on my own. I did those things by myself, whereas now I'm like, hey, you want a little side job over here? Yeah. Come here. Help me. But also, I do things with people. Like, a lot of my job entails hauling tables and chairs and all those sort of things. I'm not above that. And I think it's important that people that work with me, too, they see that. And as I say to everyone that works with me, you can't explain how crazy this business is. <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, boy. You, uh, you know, most people who are in the service industry... You're acquiring these skills of serving people and doing that. So you're always looking for a way. How can I possibly use this skill set I'm growing and not have to just constantly deal with people or constantly deal with the stress? You went the other way. I <laughs> you, did. You went with, I'm going to go into a business in which I'm dealing with people on what they, in that moment, believe is the most important thing in, in their lives and the important day of their lives. And if something goes wrong on that day, it will ruin everything thereafter kind of business. So... How do you, and for most people, they do that once, maybe twice if things go wrong the first time, but they do the big winning the one time. Every week is you're doing somebody's biggest day. Correct. Um, it's kind of the the opposite end of when I, I talked to Greg Casperson once, I was like, how do you do your job? Mm -hmm. How do you do a job in which you are constantly dealing with your neighbors, your friends, your friend's parents on their worst day? And that's your job. That's your day to day. In your case, you're dealing with like, it in a different way in the, the celebratory mode, but maybe a greater degree of stress because people are being so persnickety about it. How? <laughs> Weddings bring out the best and the worst in people. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to because it's funny. <laughs> Thank you to my mother who put me in a lot of therapy when I was younger. <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of my job, honestly, is problem solving. Yeah. And when I graduated from high school, I knew that if I didn't go to college... I would end up being a server and not that there was anything wrong with that at all. But I knew my personality, I needed to be challenged and I needed to be driven. And I learned that a lot through high school. My, I have fourth grade spelling level and everybody that knows me well knows that. And it's a funny thing. I named my I'm the same and I'm a writer. It's yeah, amazing see, what you can well, get away with. I can't. <laughs> I named my cat Anchor, A-N-K-E-R, and everyone texted me real quickly when I put it up on Facebook and said, you spelt it wrong. And I'm like, I know, but I spelt it the way I wanted <laughs> to be spelled. So being in the industry of like math and science and writing or things like that was not going to be my forte. What my forte was is to be driven and to communicate with people. And people go through all walks of lives. And I have too. Sometime, you know, we'll save that for another day to hear my whole story. <laughs> but growing up was not an easy thing for me. I didn't have an easy growing up life. But what I did have was drive. And my mom and my sister gave me that drive to be something. We grew up very poor. And my father died when I was four. And so what I have done today 
and when I'm able to show my children and show the community, like we're all equal and it's just the respect you get what you give. And you know, that's a big way to get people to help you. Cause in the wedding industry, it's not like you're a restaurant with a full-time staff. You are doing different things in different parts of the community, always on weekends, always needing to call in help. And so part of getting people to respond to you is you responding to them. And I feel like that's something that you've always emphasized in, in your professional career, but in your community roles too, is like, I got to be there for other people if I want them to be there for me. I had a lot of people that were there for me when I was younger. And that's why even right now I'm so involved in the community and with our kids and with all aspects of it, because you give back to what you had received. And it, again, I can't see it enough. It all comes down to respect. And I think that raising kids in this community, we're the luckiest. I know I'm sidetracking from wedding, <laughs> but I also think that the workforce for these families to see, I mean, my kids, since they were three, were helping put the wicks up and candles and setting them up at events. So they understood like, this is our family business. This mm -hmm. is what we do. Like I said, again, I can't say it enough. Door County is a different space and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And they're the most kind, helpful people here. And treating them with respect is what keeps them coming back and being part of it. Another thing that you, like you said, you went to Stout, you felt you needed to go to college to achieve what you wanted to achieve with your life. But I think a lot of what you have isn't necessarily, maybe it can be taught, but it's not something that necessarily comes by virtue of having a degree. It's your willingness to show up and work hard. And it's also your bluntness. <laughs> and those are two skills that we probably don't emphasize enough with young people or even young professionals of like, don't beat around the bush. Just ask the question you need to ask, tell the people what you want and let them respond. And it's not bad if you disagree, but you have to put it on the table and because that way you, you all know where you stand. And that, that sounds more like, like life philosophy stuff. But I mean, just in, in business and just in, I need this truck here at three. Like, exactly. It just has to be here. The yes. wedding's here. And, like This needs to happen. That's really advantageous in your line of work and it's in any event planning business. And I think that that's the big key to it too is that people know if they're running late, they're going to communicate with me. I'm not going to scream at anybody. What's that going to solve? It's not going to solve anything. Mm -hmm. But it's more, it's, it's communication and it's having those items in line prior. Yes, I mean, that day unfolds and you're just like running. I, I still, 25 years, I still run on adrenaline that day in terms of, Oh my gosh, like I'm in charge of the trolleys, the florists, the photographers, the making sure the meals on time that the cake is, you know, <laughs> there are so many aspects and those are things I can't control because I'm not that person who's baking the cake or taking the photos or things like that. You're counting on them to come through for you. I am always. And the biggest part of that, I mean, I've had so many things happen in the 25 years where a photographer has said, I can't be there. I'm sick. And Thank goodness I have such good relationships with people that I can make a phone call and be like, I'm in a really tight situation right now. Can you help me out? And people do. And they're like, absolutely, we'll be there. We'll yeah. be there, no problem. But I just wish that was the way of life everywhere, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but back to... Well, just the, the skills that I, having worked with you, not on my wedding or anything, but like just seeing you work and seeing how you work other events and help out in the community. Like it seems to me that one of your great career attributes is that bluntness and is the work ethic. And I do think that people know that everyone always knows where they stand because life is too short and it's important to ask questions. I want to, I have two girls. I want to raise confident girls, but I want to raise girls that are kind and respectful 
but that know how to communicate through it. I'm very anti-social media, phone, (laughs) heads buried in computers. I am, let's talk. Let's jump on the phone. Let's have a conversation Mm And let's hear your emotions and because things can be taken the wrong way when we just communicate via email or texting. But I've also put boundaries on my business as well. And I did from the beginning. Brides and moms (laughs) or any clients don't get my cell phone number until two weeks before their event. (laughs) And I stand really strongly on that. There are a few that have it but it's only because they've (laughs) made the cut. Well, just because I'm a jerk, I'm going to, when I put this podcast up, I'm going to put Carrie's cell phone in the text underneath it, and I'm going to have a link to her email and and her home address. Yes, perfect. I can't wait. (laughs) But there are, because my family values are huge too. I mean, on Sundays, Sundays are my family day, and that is really important to me, and my children know that as well. And my husband, who is also a huge supporter of this, my business really took a huge jump when I married Nate, we have kind of like some side crews that do some lighting stuff and doing dance floors and just helping out where I need where I need help. And Nate leads that crew and he loves it because, you know, he's an engineer. So he <laughs> loves being away from the computer. And yeah, but it is it really, truly has become a family business. And, you know, with doing the A.J. Dillon wedding, my my girls were like, can we tell people? And I was like, no, there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we, you know, everyone's equal. We're fine. You know, we've talked a lot about the stresses and what's hard about being a wedding planner a little bit. But what is most rewarding in doing it? What is your favorite part of doing what you do? Honestly, I have on my cell phone probably like six voicemails from past clients. The ones that I really like engaged with and felt so respected and felt so like important, almost like you're a mother and they're, you know, and that's your child. And when they see you, they're like, those are the relationships with clients that I love. I mean, one thing that it's really important to me, don't hire a planner if you don't want one. You don't have to do it. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it on your own. I tell people that all the time. Like, but if you want one, take that respect from that planner and, trust them. It's the same thing as going in for surgery. I'm not going to go in and tell a surgeon how to give me surgery because I have no clue. It's the same (laughs) as hiring a wedding planner. You're doing this because that person's a professional. That's what they do. Hmm. You know, as much as I want to be behind the scene, I always say I wear black and I like want to be behind the scenes. And so no one knows. So I don't stand out. But it's very rewarding when you hear a father of a bride or somebody standing up to do their welcome speech and actually thanking me in Mm. front of 200 people, like being appreciative. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me going forward and doing things. You know, unfortunately, times have changed a lot, but I still am very driven in this business and, and feel respected. And when I don't feel respected, I usually just kind of walk away and Cut those people up. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Unfortunately, I have to say it, but I do. You know, when my nine-year-old has more respect for me and other people than a client, it's time to part ways. What's like the worst thing that's happened on a wedding day that you... Oh my gosh, Miles, everybody asked me this question. And it wasn't necessarily... I mean, I've had the whole like... (laughs) I, I actually had a cake fall prior to the wedding starting because the band was setting up and they were so loud. The cake was on the dance floor on a table and it vibrated so bad that the cake fell. 
To be honest with you, I kind of pieced it back together. I had, you know, the florist was there and helped me, like, just stick flowers in it. Three-second ruled it? Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> well, it fell on the dance floor, which was clean, right? <laughs> and the bride never noticed. She never noticed until the next day because it was on Snapchat. The band put it on Snapchat. Oh. Of the cake on the ground. And I, you know, I don't know how Snapchat Did she go berserk? No, she sent me an email or it sent me a text and she's like, what happened to my cake? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) it wasn't important to tell you that on the wedding day because there was nothing we could possibly do about it. But, you know, we, we subsidized other desserts in there and things like that. And she looked back and laughed at it. And she said, I'm so glad you didn't say anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've also had semi trucks coming up, delivering equipment for weddings, uh, for a particular wedding in July. And they did their own logistics on where they were going to stay and everything else. And so when I was supposed to meet the rental company at, let's say, 11 o'clock, and at 1130, I called and said, where are you? And they're like, we're getting close. We're 12 miles away. And I said, great. Where are you staying? And they said, well, at the Comfort Inn. And I said, we don't have that in Door County. And they said, well, we're 12 miles away. They were in Marinette. Oh, So, yeah, then the semi came and with no lodging and probably a a group of eight people that were setting all this this up. So needless to say, the client didn't know about that until the day after the wedding. Yeah. But the semi came, actually, the semi rolled on ZZ and all the pipes and poles for the tent were all across the road and hawkers came and picked everything up and sorted in their barn. That's local. That's yeah. community. That is like chills still thinking about that. Whereas this is exactly why I don't go to other places to plan weddings. <laughs> I only want to be here. What percentage of your weddings result in a, a full-on bride or groomzilla sort of moment? I don't allow it. I don't. It happens, obviously. And usually what I do is I will take a bride or a groom or a parent or whoever And just pull them aside and say, this is your one day. I really don't want you to wake up with regrets tomorrow. So there are going to be things that will go wrong. It could rain. And if it rains, everyone's going to feed off of you. I tell my clients that all the time. Mm. If something goes wrong, they will feed off of you. So if you're like, if only it was sunny out, it would be such a better day. Your guests will feel that. If you lift that dress up and you start dancing away and not caring that it's full of mud, that's what your guests are going to do. Hmm. So it's, it's really all in, advice. yeah, it, it, it truly is all in how, because everybody, all the guests look to the family like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? And my job, honestly, is preventing bad things from happening and looking at that ahead of schedule and knowing like, okay, does everyone know where they need to be? Everyone knows what needs to happen, you know, down to musicians, to everything. I mean, and it, again, goes back to that local respect. And people that come in from out of town, too. You know, people bring in photographer from out of town. I'll be like, I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to show you the space. You figure out where you want to do photos. I'm not a micromanager. So I don't say, like, you have to do your first look right here, and this is where you're going to stand and what you're going to do. I'm not a photographer. That's the photographer's job. Yeah. What are some of the kind of mistakes or maybe misconceptions people have about Door County when they're doing a wedding? Like, what are some key pieces of advice you would give someone to avoid really? Like there's obviously a million things you can do. Oh, of course. But I think that tread lightly 
would honestly be one of the key things that I would say. Door County is very special. We have so many weddings that want to take place up here. And, you know, a lot of lodging facilities for guests are three nights and people get upset and they have to understand, like, that's how it needs to be. We will fill these locations regardless. These resorts will fill. You know, there's only so much to go around up here. And the biggest advice I have was to trust local and to trust this community and respect it and don't try to make it something it's not. (laughs) But having a fantastic three-day weekend with people, which is why these people are having destination weddings in Door County, because it's not eight hours, it's three days of events. But understand that there are reasons behind the rules because of what has happened in the past or things that have changed and saying like, oh, well, we're willing to go in and rent this whole restaurant and take it over and they they don't want us to. It's not, it's not that the restaurant doesn't want to. That's different than what they're used to doing every single day. Right. So they're not turning you away. They're just saying like, that's not our forte. And and I guess it's, it's again, being respectful to our area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's always examples of wedding parties that roll in and there's some jerk in the party and kind of like a whole bar maybe gets slammed with a couple trolleys right. that show up unannounced or something. And it's great to have that business, but there's not nine people behind that bar to sling out all the drinks for you sometimes. So it's just being patient with some it of is. these people. Patience is very key in Door <laughs> County. Do I put you on the spot and ask you what are the things that you wish people would that are just too cliche and that you're tired of seeing at weddings now that you have to watch them? Like, how do you watch them over and over? Like, <laughs> I think back everything we did at our wedding, you think it's all so special, and you're like, yeah, everyone does that. Like, well, Pinterest is my nemesis. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't reality, people. Like, these photos are not reality, but based on where we live, less is more is really what I'm going to say. I think that. The wedding industry has turned into a production and I am old school and a wedding is about a commitment that two people are making. It's about bringing families together and people get really wrapped up in the like, oh, I have to have this and I want to do this gift and this is going to happen and that regardless where your wedding is and where it's taking place, it's the people that fill the space. And it's the people that are there to support you. I know it's, you know, and this is probably bad for business that I'm saying it, but it's true. It's really the reality that I live in and that I feel is important is marriage is work. You know, you're married. I'm married. (laughs) And the, the wedding aspect of it is so fun. I mean, I wish I could go back and do my wedding all over again Mm -hmm. because it was fun, but I think taking a step back, taking a breath, and really looking at what is important. Who was the worst bride or groom you ever had to deal with by name, and why was it Andy Warfel? <laughs> no, but seriously, who was the worst? No, just kidding. I remember the worst bride I ever had. Yeah? Yeah. It was probably 15, probably 15 years ago. But I remember we, <laughs> this bride had, I mean, the hair was done, her flowers were done. It was like everything was getting ready. And she didn't like anything, so she went and took a shower and then ripped her bouquet apart and then had Helen was doing the flowers from Flora and had Helen redo the whole bouquet. And then it started, we finally like got her 
calm down. And it started to drizzle. And she had a harpist playing. And the harpist, her wedding was outside. And the harpist looked at me and she's like, I can't play in the rain. And I was, my adrenaline was so high. There was an umbrella table standing. And I went over and I snapped the umbrella in half, stuck it in the ground, told somebody to hold it, and looked at Michael Brecky. I'm like, start the ceremony now. He will still to this day tell that story because he's like, that's when I knew I never was going to mess with you. <laughs> and she was just, she was, she was just very disrespectful to everybody up here. Yeah. I mean, you really do have to be willing to roll. Like one of my older sisters got married up here 20 years ago and they were going to do the reception at, at Fishstock in mm-hmm. the barn there. And the wedding was going to be at my dad's hotel in Egg Harbor. And the idea was to have it overlooking the bluff, beautiful by the water thunderstorm rolls in of course and initially my dad's solution was to move everything into the parking lot and put the the arbor in the parking lot and stuff and my sister i just remember her going i'm not getting married in a parking lot (laughs) as the rain's coming down so we very quickly like aboard all the plans and we just my older sister and a few of us like in an hour decked out the fish dock barn and she ended up getting married at fish dock in the barn there and it's like you know what? If she'd have gotten married overlooking the water on the bluff, it might might have been forgettable. But all of us remember that being in the barn at Fishstock, and it's almost cool. That's a better Door County story to get married at Fishstock than anywhere else. Much better. So. Much better. I remember even, like, how my business has evolved. Like, there were there were times when, like, I would do weddings at Fishstock, and I'm like, the water would just, like, be up by the porta-potties, and I'm, like, trying to sweep it away. I'm like, I am in the wrong business. What yeah. am I doing? A couple of years ago for the half marathon, the entire Nicolay yep. um, beach area was a foot of water because we had a huge rainstorm the night before, and the water levels were so high already that it had nowhere to go. And so we're spending all day Thursday and Friday, same thing, literally with brooms, like, pushing water mm-hmm. and pumping it back into the lake. I mean... That's not in any manual that we put together going into that event. No job description can cover that. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Anything Uh, with event planning. There is no job description because it's it's really think on your toes. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the wedding industry, too. Not specific to any given wedding, but like it's changed so much here. There appears to be so many more weddings and destination weddings in Door County and then different venues and, and some of them come and go as, as people try it and then they're like wait this is kind of I don't I don't like doing this <laughs> it's, it was fun for a couple of years and then right. I was like no right but how have you seen it evolve and change and why do you think it has become the kind of ind- mini industry that it is well if I had a dollar for every time somebody said hey we have this barn in our backyard that we want you to come and check out that we think that we can do weddings in. I'm like, mm-hmm, I, I'm sure it's beautiful. But it's changed a lot. It's changed in the sense of people, like, you know, referring back to what you had asked me earlier, less is more. And I think with people really want to come up to Door County and they want their families to experience it, they want to be on vacation and I think that's the big draw here, and it's driving distance. But let's be real. It's never easy getting to Door County. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that. Yeah. It's never easy for us to travel anywhere. Yeah. But I think that that's the more simplicity of it is that they want the weekend. They don't want the eight-hour downtown right. Chicago event. They want the atmosphere of what's up here. And 
a lot of these couples have a connection up here, whether it's a grandpa's cottage somewhere. I mean, there's always a backstory. I rarely have clients that are like, we've never been there before, but we want to get married there. That's that's very rare. And I always want to know, like, why? Why do you want to get married in Raccoonie? What does it bring to you? What sentimental value does it have? Yeah. And I think that that's, they want to share that. And that's why it's a slower pace up here. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. You mentioned that, that people want to do the destination thing. They want a two or three day event. And it only occurred to me, I don't know, like four or five years ago, you know, as tourism was rising and I thought, you know, that the accumulation of, we look for all these different causes for why tourism is up. And a lot of people say, well, we, we've just marketed so much. And that's a part of it, but it's also the quality of the businesses here that you have to market. It's the fact that towns have invested in beaches and yep. now the beaches are better and the water access is better and there's better water activity, rental, things like that. But there's also little things like that. Well, we think of them as little, not to talk about your whole <laughs> livelihood as little, <laughs> but, <fine. laughs> um, but weddings, any given wedding, let's say it's 200 people. Mm-hmm. If it's a destination wedding from outside the area, or even if it's the local getting married and inviting their friends from college or wherever, mm-hmm. you got to figure probably a hundred of those people maybe have never been to Door County. And so every wedding is inviting 100 new of that size is maybe inviting 100 people who've never seen it before. And then they're coming up here for two or three days for a celebration. Exactly. Like that's a really cool way to market and invite people to the county is, hey, come up here for one of the best days in your families and your friends. And you get all your friends together. And now you have all these memories of going to Husby's or Stabur or Hill Street or name your place, Bayside. Yeah. And you're doing it with your, your best friends in the world or your the family you love, which, you know, could lead to bad things too. But like, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like if you had set out to say like, oh, we need a marketing thing in 19, and you're sitting around in 1997 because back when we were all talking about we need to rejuvenate things here, that would be a pretty good idea. Nobody thought of it that way, but it really is. Actually, it's funny you say that because back when it was the chamber, Destination Dark County was the chamber, and I did a lot with the chamber back then, and I would talk about that with other board members and say, you know, I do one wedding, but that brings up 200 people right. that have never been here before. So to give them that great experience and for them to want to come back and to stay at the Landmark or stay at, you know, the Alpine or different locations, that was a big drive. People really liked me then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, now they're like, Carrie, no, we can't take a full wedding party anymore. Right. <laughs> we can't do it. And I respect that. But... But it is very true. It's kind of like what I say about COVID. I think COVID changed our community a lot up here because no one flew, so everyone drove, yep. and everyone was like, oh, "Wait, this, this place is, is cool. This is amazing. Yeah. Let's let's stay here." Or Door County is like much better than it was when I came up with my grandma in 
93. Exactly. I'm like people come up here and literally have no idea that there's a brewery. Exactly. Or, or a place like the Wickman House or things mm-hmm. like that. So now you have like a three-day weekend. People come up, they get one night to themselves maybe or a lunch to themselves. They go explore or they go to the park. And you can't help but come away from that with a good impression almost universally unless like your family totally implodes like mine has at different weddings. <laughs> <laughs> no, it truly is. And it's funny because a lot of people want to have itineraries and things planned for their guests the whole time they're here. And I'm always like, you don't need to do that. Like, let your guests determine where they want to go, what they want to do. You know, it's like, we're going to set up a kayak tour for 150 people. I'm like, um, <laughs> I would just give your guests like the information and let You're them like, decide. Weather changes up here. You don't want to wipe them all out at once. <laughs> like if you want to lose a couple, no, just that's crass. But I mean, and then it's not just that weekend, but like if somebody has a good time, they're going to come back. Absolutely. So they come back. Maybe it's later that year. Maybe it's the next year. Maybe it's three years down the road and then they're back four years and five years. That's the way I think about the half marathon too, back when, same thing, we started those events and everyone was like, yes, do them. We need people. We need business. This is great. You're bringing yep. people here. And now that has changed. And that means that means we've been successful. Exactly. Really. But every time we bring them, I always ask how many of our runners are coming to Door County for the first time. And it's usually anywhere from 5 to 10% of our participants. And I'm like, well, there's 200 people mm-hmm. each year at the race and their families right. who are getting introduced to the county by running in Peninsula State Park. Like, that's a pretty awesome way to get to know a place and a pretty hard way to not like it. Exactly. <laughs> so... The long tail economic impact of those people is probably in the millions. Like if you think of if any of those people buys a home one day, like how big of an economic impact that ends up being. Well, and I've had repeat, not repeat businesses in the same couple, but I've had people reach out to me five years after they were at a wedding and said, you planned our friend's wedding. We remember you. <laughs> and we've been coming to Door County the whole time. Will you plan ours? And mm. so I'm really backing up on doing advertising right now, except Mm -hmm. for door weddings, of course. (laughs) But because I really want to work with the word of mouth. There's a family up here that has two homes in Fish Creek, and they all live in St. Louis, but I've done seven weddings for that one family of cousins. And it's funny, I still have a great relationship with them. I adore them all so much. Like Christmas cards are exchanged when they're in town, we get together. But I I look at those seven weddings that I did for the same family and the respect that they have for our community and the respect that they had for me and how I had to change everything. And then, you know, obviously after doing one, they're like, why didn't you do mine like that? And I'm like, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just copy. We have a family plan. Yes, (laughs) exactly. I had to do something different with all seven of them. But I think that that's. You're like, you can't all talk about grandpa. I know he's a great guy. I know. But you got to spread the love. Somebody else talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that that's a lot of it is getting genuine people. Genuine Mm. people that can come up here and appreciate what we are and also understand the struggles that we are having with staffing or, you know, things like that to understand that there's probably going to be an hour wait to go in and have dinner because we're limited on staffing, but Mm -hmm. to be patient about it and under, and know that coming into it, not having these huge expectations of, you know, enjoy it. And that's when I see people. You got to recognize that's what we are now, especially like, so that's where you chose to have your wedding. Yeah. Don't expect it to be different because exactly you, you chose this place for a reason. Just like anybody who moves up here and wants to change something. Like I, there are things that should change here, right? But of course 
you chose to come here for a reason. So why, when people try to protect what we have, they're trying to protect what drew you here in the first place. Exactly. Agreed. Anyway, I'm, I'll go on a whole know, different tangent like, here. On. Sorry. But, you know, we've been going for 45 minutes. And to wrap this up, because I know we could talk for a long time, and I, I thank you for coming back on here, because the last time we talked on the podcast, anyway, it was during COVID, when you were trying to figure out how to homeschool get your, to homeschool on the fly. And, and cancel weddings and, and postpone weddings. I'm just glad that your, your kids are okay from that. But um, uh, That's debatable <laughs> right now. Uh, I wanted to give a chance for you to talk about a different project you're involved in, and that's the Sue Baldwin Fund a little bit. And we don't have a ton of time to go into it, but I, I think it'd be remiss. Like I know that the half marathon's coming up and a lot of people participate and run for the Sue Baldwin fund to raise money for it. You had a great turnout last year for a really great cause that I wrote about with Crystal Wittenmeyer and her family. Mm -hmm. But if you want to just talk about what the Sue Baldwin fund is all about and, and your work there and why you do it. Well, now you're going to make me cry. So That's I'm going to take my glasses <laughs> off and wipe my eyes. It's funny. I just went to the 100 women on Monday and That's the 100 women who care? Yes, correct. And that for the listeners, that is a, a fund where 100 plus women get together and they all pitch in a few, uh, like, I think it's like $100. Mm -hmm. And then every quarter they pick some nonprofits to get those funds. And the Sue Baldwin Fund was a recipient of that. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to come back and, and to give, I only had five minutes to talk. So it was very difficult for How'd me they to do that? wrap it up. <laughs> five minutes. But what well, was funny, everyone had these big presentations and did everything. And I stood up and I'm like, I have an index card. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom is a two-time breast cancer survivor. And when she hit 10 years after her first go at breast cancer, I was like, I'm going to do something just to like put a mark to for her to just know how proud I am of her for fighting so hard. My mom's a widow. So I was raised by a single mom. And I started this little thing that is now ginormous. And But the amount of women, including the amount of my own personal friends that have been impacted by this, I can't stop giving. I can't stop caring. And what can we do next? And how can we help these people? Obviously, with last year with Crystal and the run was a lot. Sorry. Crystal was a, a good friend of yours in addition to being somebody that you were trying to help through the Sue Baldwin Fund. Yeah, I became very close with Crystal. She was not a bullshitter. <laughs> she <laughs> would lay it on the line. And, and I was with Crystal to her final day. But the the drive that this community had and how wrapping their arms around this family and all these people that didn't even know who Crystal Hoyer was that came out and supported it, that's why I will never leave Door County, <laughs> one of the many reasons. But Deb Davis, who is on our board, who you interviewed, which... Deb Davis is a phenomenal human being who I am so blessed to have in my life. Yeah, she's a force. I know. Isn't she great? When I grow up, I want to be just like her. <laughs> anyway, so she, you know, I couldn't do the Sue Baldwin Fund without the board. There are so many people that have come on the board that have left the board to go on other boards to bring in new blood, things like that. I truly am the luckiest to have the board and the community support for what this is. There's always so many things going on, like the Board of Realtors chose us to be a recipient. They're doing an event for the Sue Baldwin Fund. And the support that the community has given me to be able to do this, I, I can't explain it. But I think a lot of it is because it all stays local. Yeah, All of the funds that we raise stay local. And we have policies in place, but we're, you know, 
we're paying for psychology and we're paying for acupuncture and we're paying for mental health and we're covering these women's things that they need. And I just, I have a very big drive for it. And again, I couldn't do it without everybody else. This isn't a, oh, Carrie does this. It's not just Carrie. It's the same with my business. It's not just Carrie. It's <laughs> it's a community. It's it's a team. And it's just supporting people in that time when, whether they have health insurance or not, or trying to find ways to support them in the ways that cancer impacts somebody beyond just having to get treatment. You know, it's some people need a wig. Some people need transportation yes. funding. And there's just so many different aspects. And the Sue Baldwin Fund has helped, I know, personally, several friends that it has been really helpful for. And you, you think about the people who are going through those types of things and every little bit of support helps them get through another day and see the, the light at the end of the tunnel or their family get there a little better or to help take care of their kids. I mean... It's really wonderful what you guys do. Thank you. I couldn't do it without the community, but it is. It's everything from gas cards to grocery cards and just even the like little thank you letters I get that come to come to us that I bring to our board meetings. And that's what fills us up too. I mean, you kind of asked me about that with weddings, like what makes me keep going? And it's it's the littlest, simplest things that somebody took the time to do that, to write a thank you, and you've impacted my life. And I think that we forget about that day-to-day, to appreciate people and to, to tell them that. For granted. And, Absolutely. You, know, you mentioned Deb Davis. I, like I said, I had a chance to interview her for our philanthropy issue and for her work in helping to organize the team that ran for Crystal last year in the Door County Half Marathon. And I helped start the race. I get on the mic. I have to talk. And I still get nervous about it every single time I do it. And then last year when I saw... Crystal's team coming up to the start of the Nicolay Bay 5K. And I'm just kind of going crazy in my head with everything that's going on. And you see this just wave of pink shirts coming through the woods to the starting line. And I'm like, how am I supposed to talk now? I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like turning away to cry as I see, just because it was so inspiring to see so many people come out there, I think 40 people strong to run and show her support as she was unfortunately going through like the last months of her battle with cancer and, but also to show the support to her husband and her kids and her kids, friends who were there running as well. I mean, that just, you think of the lessons they learned by being part of that and, and the empathy they gained by being part of that. It was just so inspiring. So I, you know, that and you work. Made, and you made us go first. Yes. <laughs> which made me run <laughs> and pushing crystal. Yes. At which point she said, Wow, do you need my oxygen? <laughs> and I'll never forget that because we that was Crystal. We just both laughed. And I was like, I'm not a runner. I'm a really fast walker, though. <laughs> and it was just such an inspiring moment. And and sadly, it, it had to come from such a, a tragedy. But it also shows you what the community is all about. And Deb Davis is one of those people who's what the community is all about. And she ran last year. She did the marathon or the half marathon. And wore shirt and she had a ribbon, a different colored ribbon for each, each one represented somebody, somebody's cancer that she knew and who she was running for. And she told me I had one ribbon for each mile. So for that mile, I tried to use all my thoughts to think about that person to get through that mile. And it's just, you know, we all have people like that. Yep. And unfortunately that's part of getting older in a small town is you tend to, you see, it feels like you just every week there's somebody going through something like that and, and struggling. But that's the great thing about a small town because you can help them. You exactly. can be part of making someone's day better and, and getting them through things like that. And Deb Davis, like as she told me that, I was just like, wow, that is, it's just so cool that she does it. And 
you know she's running again this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just can't give up that run. You know, all of us <laughs> doing the 5K, we got this. And, and I think there's over 30 of us this year, and we're doing it for mental health and for Willie. Mm. And so a portion of our profits that we will make from, from the run will go to Wilhelmina as well, which is really important. An- another person battling breast cancer Correct. for multiple bouts. Yes. So with a young family in here in, in Door County. And yeah, it's just a, and that's all part of our, our run for a cause program. So thank you for taking part in it and, and using that to help raise funds. And you talked about the mental health fund portion of mm-hmm. the Sue Baldwin, and that is to help people get the resources they need, whether it be therapy or, exactly. or other resources that they might need to, to deal with the, even if you go into remission, it's dealing with this. Oh, we have a lot of, exactly. And we, we do continue to help women after they've been through it. I mean, we, once you're out of treatment, it doesn't mean we're like, well, okay, we're going to wash our hands from you and and you're done. It's very much, they still have our support and they can come back and they can ask for help. I mean, we had a recipient that realized that her back was so messed up because of her lumpectomy that took place six years ago (laughs) and came back and said, I went inside the chiropractor and he said, basically, this is why your back is messed up. And so you need all these treatments. And this person was like, I don't have really good insurance and to get this covered. And so the board talks about it. We discuss it. And of course, we're going to help her. Hmm. Well, now that I've ended this by putting a lump in both of our throats (laughs) and uh, some tears, we're going to we're going to end this podcast here. And I'd like to thank the listeners who stuck with us for the length of it. But I, I It's really important. I really admire what you've built with your business and the things you do for the community. So thank you again. And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. Also, Miles, for what you do for this community and what The Pulse does. But it's very much appreciated. And I always love being a guest on your show. (laughs) And I didn't swear too much either. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) There there won't be as many bleeps as I might have anticipated. Nope, there's not. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.